Welcome to We, Women Encouragers and Wellness Enthusiasts. My name is Kelsey. And my name is Morgan. Both nutritionists leading busy lives, just trying to balance it all. Here we will be sharing the stories of inspiring women in our Oregon communities. How do you balance wellness, work, health, and relationships, and all the little things we do in between? Come listen in on the conversations while we chat about all of these and more. Much, much more. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. So today on the podcast, we have Natalie Kelly. She is a health coach, business owner, and she actually went to school in McMinnville, Oregon. So that is um, how we kind of heard of her. She's really inspiring to follow on Instagram, and we are so happy to have her today. So with that, hello, Natalie. Hi, thank you so much for having me on, you guys. We're so excited. So we're going to do a little new thing here. If you've been following with us on the podcast for a while, we usually do a little bit of getting to know our guests first and then going into kind of a topic. But we really want to start focusing on their story. I think the story is really important for people. So today we're just going to listen to Natalie's story and she's a really good one. So Natalie, where do you want to start? <laughs> oh man, it's so funny because I kind of think of the past like five years which is crazy to think I'm a full year out of college already like mm-hmm. so crazy it feels like yesterday I graduated from Winfield seeing <laughs> all my friends graduate I think it's like next week I'm like oh, I'm nostalgic <laughs> uh, but thinking of yeah the last five years it like kind of feels like a story in the sense that there's like a beginning middle and end you know well not end because I'm still here but like <laughs> you know I feel like I've blossomed into the you know full potential sort of thing um But yeah, so I'll kind of start a bit about with my health journey, because that kind of plays into, you know, why I started what was just the blog and now is my full time business. So it kind of all interweaves. And I think that how how it is for a lot of us, um, especially people who become health coaches um, or life coaches in that way. So I definitely was pretty healthy my whole life. Like I grew up, you know, exercising. I was a dancer and uh, we focused a lot on like farm fresh eating and stuff. I kind of lived in, I lived in Duval, which is in Washington. It was kind of like a little farm town sort of thing. So it was always pretty healthy, but then I went to college and, you know, did the college thing freshman year, like, you know, <laughs> one of those years, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of was super carefree. And I didn't realize I had food intolerances. I don't think I even had, um, ulcerative colitis at that point, which I'll get to, um, my diagnosis with that. But so it was kind of like this gap year between, you know, growing up really health conscious and then needing to become more health conscious um, because of my diagnosis. So I'm I'm glad I had that time in my life to just be carefree, even if looking back on it, sometimes I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then kind of when things started going downhill for me with like my stomach, but also kind of like emotionally and mentally leading to a lot of my health struggles was um, the fall, the later fall of my freshman year, one of uh, my friends actually got killed and right on campus so it was like a really um like a really a traumatic experience for me and it kind of shifted my mindset um it took a little while I kept kind of trying to cover it up with drinking and these really unhealthy habits until I just realized I was doing more self-destruction than like helping myself and it was kind of in that moment that I woke up and realized like I could help myself not only physically I obviously wasn't feeling too good but emotionally as well if I started you know, being healthy and being active. So 
I actually turned to running at that point. I thought that would be a much better outlet and um, kind of help me work through things. I, funny enough, now I love, you know, talking and being a communicator. And at that point in my life, like I would just shut people off. I didn't know how to talk about emotion. So running was kind of my, you know, emotion outlet. And so the summer after my freshman year, I ran my first half marathon. And that's kind of when like this passion just lit up inside of me. I was like, oh my God, it's so cool to be healthy. And like, love my body and you know do these good things for myself so it really fueled then the nutrition and everything I started you know reading books and researching I was like how else can I be healthy and that's actually the summer I started my blog it was probably a few weeks after that half marathon or maybe a month and actually started it with a friend at first for like the first couple months um she ran the half marathon with me and so we would always then you know both kind of got all nerdy about nutrition and would snapchat each other pictures and um, finally one day we're like, you know, we should just like do something with this. So we started our blog and it definitely at first, you know, it was just like recipes and very, I don't even think we like showed our faces on it much. Um, but she handed it over to me full time, um, kind of when we went back to our sophomore year of college and I just kept getting more and more into, you know, running and healthy eating and stuff. And I, um, at that point then definitely took things kind of to the opposite extreme. Um, I was still dealing so much with all of the, you know, emotions and the like trauma and this grief, but again, wasn't talking about it. So instead of turning to like alcohol and partying, like I had before, I really turned to like, I'm going to control everything, you know, Mm -hmm. I put in my mouth and I'm gonna, I kind of sort of went vegan for like a hot second. We were really sure. Like I just was trying to, you know, find control in all these ways and, um, started running more and exercising more and it, um, developed into, an eating disorder. And that's when I finally, after a few months, um, finally realized it was time to get help. I was, you know, confronted by in kind ways, you know, by some friends and, you know, my parents and stuff of just like, you know, I didn't even realize it was stemming from not dealing with my friend passing, um, this like need for control in that way. So I did start seeing a counselor and really healed my relationship then with food mentally, but it was at that point that then my stomach started acting up. Um, And it was just, you know, always, I was always bloated and just feeling really sick. And I didn't know if it was just, you know, because I was starting to eat more food again after having an eating disorder, if it was, you know, something to do with that. I was like, oh, you know, I've kind of always had a sensitive stomach. So I definitely blew it off for a long time of just like, this is normal, right? Like I should always look pregnant. Um, And so that went on for, I think my whole sophomore year. Yeah. And my junior year, I just kept thinking I didn't know I just you know would try low FODMAP diet I would just try everything you know and right nothing really was seeming to help but I didn't which is so funny so my mom actually has Crohn's disease which is um I guess like the sister disease of what I have and still in our heads never really thought to get me you know to see if something bigger was at play and it was the summer after my junior year that I went to Luxembourg in Europe for a month with my parents. My dad had to go to work and I was super lucky I got to go and I was training for a marathon at that point. So I was like running a ton there in Europe and, you know, trying to eat healthy still there. And it just started getting worse and worse where I was always so sick and like crying on my bed in Europe and just anything I ate would make me so bloated. And we started seeing some more um, like serious signs with then. I didn't know to be that worried, but my mom knew since she has a similar disease. And because I kept telling her, like, things don't seem super right with my body. Um, so we scheduled a colonoscopy for when we went home. And, um, you know, going into it, I knew there was a possibility I would get diagnosed with something bigger. But I also, 
you know, when you're like 21, you don't really think of that. You're like, oh, it'll probably be fine. Like I've always, like I always have stomach aches. And I think growing up with a mom that had a, you know, gut disease, I thought that was normal too. Like she always had to lay down because her stomach hurt. So I just thought that was how life was supposed to go. Um, and lo and behold, I did get diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. So for people who don't know what that is, it's an autoimmune disease that affects your gut. So ulcerative colitis affects your colon, so your large intestine, and it's um, chronic inflammation and ulcers. So um, it makes it really painful to digest food if you're flaring. Um, you can like lose a lot of blood and stuff like that. And then Crohn's disease, like I was saying, my mom has um, is another form. So they're both irritable bowel diseases. Um, and Crohn's disease is the same, inflammation and ulcers, but anywhere in your digestive tract. So some people who have it really bad can even have it all the way in their mouth, like all the way through their intestines, which is just crazy. Yeah, which I, I know someone who their friend um, had it that bad and just pretty much had to feed through IV because you can't yeah, like eat at that point. So it was definitely, I remember like, you know, I'm like still half like not, not really awake from, you know, being asleep from the colonoscopy and the doctor just kind of was like, yeah, so you have this. And I was like, oh, <laughs> At the meeting, they're like eating my snack. I haven't eaten in 24 hours. I was like, oh, and I was still, you know, kind of so out of it that I was just like, okay. And they actually misdiagnosed me at first and told me I had Crohn's. And so I was like, oh my God, same as my mom, like not cool, but it was kind of like a, like, oh my gosh, mom, like, you know how to help me sort of thing. So we, I started actually on a medication right away, which um, for someone that's so into holistic healing was definitely um, kind of something that I had to let go of my ego a little bit, but I also knew that I just needed to get the inflammation and ulcers under control right away before I could even, you know, really start taking just holistic steps, but I knew I needed to take those steps as well. So I started um, the specific carbohydrate diet um, I think the day after I got diagnosed and that's, it's kind of like um, the autoimmune protocol diet, the AIP, I don't think I know, mm-hmm. but the yeah. AIP diet, um, but just a little different. It was actually created um, specifically for people with Crohn's or colitis and um, it just eliminates specific carbohydrates that are harder to digest and um, make it more difficult when you do have inflammation or can cause inflammation. So it is a pretty restrictive healing diet, but I never felt like it was restrictive because I kind of felt like it was giving me freedom and making me feel so much better. And just also made me feel like, although I was on medication, I was still trying my best to create a lifestyle that would help me in my disease um, and support me along that. So I've been on that since I got diagnosed and it was August, 2017, I got diagnosed. Um, I did it super strictly for the first year and it, I mean, it eliminates, you know, like you have to make your own bone broth and you have to, you know, things like that, that just when you're in college is a little bit like, oh gosh, my mom was the best. She, anytime she visited would like bring jars of frozen homemade bone broth. And, you know, I had like my own fridge plus our shared fridge and it was just <laughs> crazy, but um, super worth it. And I'm someone that loves cooking. So I would like my friend, my roommates would just know, like, do not go in the kitchen on Sundays because, like, she will be in there all day. <laughs> um, so I would just take over for, like, eight hours. Um, but, yeah, so it was pretty, my disease was pretty calm the whole, my whole senior year. Um, it was pretty easy to ignore. I didn't really dive into the IBD community. I just kind of thought, wow, I'm so lucky. Like, my disease is so chill. I pop my pill. I eat my, like, fancy foods. I, like, do my thing. I go to class. I work, um, you know, whatever. And, Stress, though, is a huge, huge trigger for IBD and probably one of my 
biggest triggers. I'm sure food is as well, but I'm so careful about it. So I, my senior year was definitely stressful just because job searching and I was a mass communication major set to, you know, go be in PR or marketing. Um, and, you know, all my professors really wanted me to do it. So I kind of felt like I had to, but kind of starting in that January of my senior year, I just, oh my God, I wish I would cry every time I applied to a job because I was like, all I want to do is my blog, but I don't know how to make money. Like how the heck do people do this? And so I knew probably since then, you know, I wanted to do that, do something to do with health. Um, but it definitely was a lot on top of everything else at the end of um, senior year, trying to study for that. I don't think I left the library ever, um, which is probably not the most fun way to end your senior year, but it's, you know, what I did and um, was definitely a perfect storm though, to have an ulcerative colitis flare just with all the stress and lack of sleep. Um, and I started noticing it pretty early on. And it, for me, always starts with this fatigue that is so hard to explain, but mm not the type of fatigue where it's like, okay, I'll go to bed, I'll get 12 hours of sleep tonight and I'll wake up fine. It's like the type of fatigue that like, I will never not be tired ever. And it's just, I think I didn't even really realize quite that I was flaring when it was first the fatigue. I was just like, I'm just wearing myself out. You know, it's the end of senior year. This is how I'm supposed to feel. It's college. And it got worse and worse. And then I started noticing. So one of the telltale signs of a flare with IBD is if there is blood in your stool, which most people right, would freak out about, but me being me and like having, you see, I kind of just kept ignoring it for months and months. And it was the week of graduation. My parents came down and the fatigue, I remember we like, they're like, let's go to the farmer's market. And I was like, I just need to go sit on my couch. And like my roommates were trying to get me to go hang out. And I was like, I just need to get sucked into my couch. Like I cannot move. Mm-hmm. And that's when we we're like, okay, I should probably go get another colonoscopy. But I had one scheduled for later in the summer. So I was like, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. Like, I just don't, I used to be someone that I hated calling the doctor. I didn't want to deal with it. So I just kind of, it was easier to ignore it and kept ignoring it throughout the beginning of summer. And finally though, I, well, I started just, it was like with a cold. And then I was like, mom, I think I have like the stomach flukes. My stomach one day I was at the gym and it just like started hurting, like, out, like, just so bad. And I was like, that is so weird. Like not a normal pain and nothing would make it go away. And it was just worse and worse. And after a few days, I like couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't get off the couch. It was just this horrible pain where I was just, you know, like in tears every day I couldn't eat. And so, you know, we kept calling the doctor, like, should I come in? Like, I think something's wrong. And she's like, no, 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 like wait it out, you know, just, you know, don't eat, you know, maybe eat some like mushy food. I was like, even drinking water hurts me. So I was probably like bedridden for like a week and a half in this flare of just horrible. I couldn't eat. I couldn't like water. Like literally when I say it hurt to like try to digest water, it was like the worst pain I've ever felt where I was like, someone cut me open and take all my innards out, please. Like was just horrible. So finally it was like our breaking point. My mom's like, we're going to the ER. Like you haven't eaten in five days. Like this is ridiculous. So we went and you know thankfully they gave me pain meds right away and in my head because I'm like I don't want to be in a hospital I was like oh I'll be better tomorrow and get to go home and I did my colonoscopy and they came back and so I had had a pretty minor like case of UC before and they came back and were just like your entire colon is like ulcers and just inflamed and it was just like this heartbreaking moment because it's I mean I'd been then I think in there like four days at that point and I just felt like I'm never gonna get better 
like my personal training test was like a week away. I was like, I can't be a personal trainer. Like I'm in a hospital bed and I definitely try to be super positive. I feel like I'm a positive person, but there were definitely moments that like tested me so hard when, you know, I'm used to being so active and I'd like run a marathon a few months before. And then I'm trying to walk one lap around a hospital with an IV and like, can't do it. And it was just this moment where I'm really grateful for that experience because it's what now drove me to be so much more passionate about speaking out about IVD and integrating it more into what I do. And I, yeah, I was in there for five days and it just totally like changed my perspective on life. I'd been really like kind of grumpy after graduation just because I was like studying so much for personal training and I didn't know if I'd get a job and it just kind of changed my perspective of like, girl, snap out of it, like be positive. Every life is every life, every day of your life is, <laughs> you know, such, such a blessing. And it sounds so cheesy. And I always would hear people say that, you know, and until I went through that, it really kind of didn't hit me that hard. Um, and it also, which I'm sure we'll get into this at some point, but definitely is when I learned to slow down because I am ever since I was little, just like, I do all the things and I go, 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 and I'm going to sign up for everything and be a leader everywhere. And what is self-care? I don't even know. And so it definitely was this kind of a culture shock because I, my parents were like, no, like, I remember the day I got home, I was like setting my alarm to wake up the next day. They're like, do not set your alarm. Like you just got out of the hospital. And I was like, okay, you're right. Like I can sleep in like, oh my gosh. And, you know, started doing like acupuncture and just, you know, actually finding balance in my life, which I never had and was so thankful for that. Um, and I ended up, you know, getting a personal training certification and started working full time as a personal trainer at um, a really great facility up here called Pro Sports Club. And they do offer like full time, a lot of, you know, personal training jobs that is very part time or like when you can get clients, but they really help like ramp you into it and give you clients and things like that. And it was my dream, like my dream job, dream, like dream gym. So I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. And I started there, loved it. But it was so taxing on my brain and my body. Because like, most days, I'd probably walk like 15 miles some days just because of training. And then the gym, the gym itself is ridiculously big. So you know, just trying to go everywhere. And I just started feeling that fatigue again. I was like, uh, uh, like this can't happen. And at the same time, I was you know, probably at the gym 50, 60 hours a week, but also trying to keep up with the blog because, you know, that's all I ever wanted to do. So I would, you know, wake up at five to work on that and then go into the gym work at like 10 and then get back late. And I was not sleeping. And it finally one day just hit me where I was like, I feel like I'm in college again, where all I want to do is work on the blog, but I have to do homework. And it's that same thing, but now 40 hours a week where I'm there trying to train these people, but it still doesn't feel like I'm making the difference I want. Like I thought, personal training was that kind of end goal of how I would help people. But then I just realized like there one are people with IDD, I want to be helping like, how do I do that? And then exercise is such a small portion. And it's it was so hard because like, scope of practice was I could talk about fitness and exercise. And so you know, when my clients talking about that, she eats tomatoes for dinner, because she wants to lose weight, I can't be like one, what? Like, no, you need to eat more food, but also like love yourself, love your body. And I couldn't, and it would just like eat me alive inside because I was like, I don't care if this girl does 10 squats right now. <laughs> like she needs to love herself and like, you know, learn about nutrition, honestly, before anything else. So I knew a few of my friends who were health coaches and it was one morning, you know, just kind of my breaking point before going into work. And I just was like, 
sitting in my room crying and I was like oh my god I picked the wrong career again like what am I doing and you know started kind of poking around online and reached out to a couple of friends I knew were health coaches and I was like what did you do how did you do it do you like it asking a bunch of questions and um my parents are such troopers because I remember when I first told them I'm not going to do PR I'm going to be a personal trainer and they're like okay like sounds good like you know we support you and I remember that morning I talked to them I was like I don't want to be a personal trainer like I want to be a health coach and at first they were like dude calm down like slow down you've worked there for like two months and then they just saw how like passionate I was about you know wanting to take the blog full time and they finally were like honestly if you're ever going to do it it's now you know when we're letting you live at home when you are young like you don't have a family to worry about like go for it like full send so I think the next day I signed up I went through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition um, online and I put in my two weeks like that and a couple of days after and my boss was honestly so like he's like so what's the word I'm trying to say understanding <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was so understanding and um just you know was like you know we want you to follow your passions and do what you want and um also not be sick which was really amazing because so many workplaces are not accommodating when you have um, Crohn's or colitis. I know people um, that they can't even get like sick, extra sick days or anything. And which I think is ridiculous, like, oh, gets me fired up. But you know, they were so <laughs> they were when I told them to like, also, this job is making my like body go crazy. He was like, Oh, yeah, definitely not probably the best idea. Um, and so I started doing the certification that was probably in maybe November and just took it full time. I didn't relaunch my business full time until January and I did the full rebrand rename. So people are listening. I used to be blonde gone clean if anyone was an OG follower um, and then changed it to plenty and well with Nat just because I didn't love the emphasis on clean eating. I just, you know, coming from a past too with disordered eating, it just felt like ugh, it kind of went against my years of, you know, what I wanted to be known for now. Um, and the whole premise was just kind of, you know, wanting to really encourage women to know that they're plenty and enough, but also striving to live well, because I think that's one of kind of those hardest interplays is helping women reach like goals and knowing it's okay to have wellness and health goals, while also like knowing that along the way you're still worthy and like, the end goal is not going to make you more so, but it's fine to have that end goal. Um, and I started, I think, taking clients like February maybe and then it just now it's a thing and it's yeah it's like full time and it's kind of crazy to think you know sometimes I still can get so down on myself of like sometimes I feel like I just still am like chasing my tail around and have to remind myself like you've been doing this full time for what like five six months um and it's something like if anyone's listening and wanting to start a business or has started one like just knowing to be patient with yourself and give yourself grace um but it's been the most amazing thing I could have done and like yes it's scary and yes it's you know kind of like you know not always knowing like oh what comes next or like oh gosh will I get enough clients again but um it's really helped me just become so independent and confident because like that's the biggest thing you just have to be confident in your business um but it also is just such a huge blessing too with my health issues because you know there was another week where I kind of started to flare few months ago and I just was like nope like shutting it down you know so I just like didn't really work for a week I just like lounged around and did what I needed to and I understand that's like such a privilege you know like being able to do that I know so many other people can't do that with um, IBD but that has been probably one of the best parts is being able to put my health first but then also being able 
to help other women also put their health first is like the coolest thing as a health coach. And I've had a couple clients that also have IBD. So it's so like cool to see that them for the first time, like understanding they can make different choices and like not feeling alone for the first time. Um, And I think that's just like probably the best part of my job is getting to see that transformation. Um, And then I also do business coaching for other people who want to be health coaches or just helping them with their Instagram strategy or like creating blogs and stuff. Um, so that's to be like a wellness business, obviously. And that's so cool too, getting to help women the same with like reaching their dreams. It's kind of like the both sides, um, especially since my major was more business oriented. It's cool to kind of put both sides into practice into this nice little, you know, just like, what is the word I'm trying to say? Not like a bubble. Like, little like yeah. bubble, just like helping women on both sides. Cause uh-huh. I think, um, both are so equally important in wellness of like creating a life you love to live within like what we think of as wellness like working out in nutrition but also like career happiness and passions as well so yeah you literally said it all just there it's so cool to listen to your story because I followed you for so long and so I like watch your stories and now I'm like putting like two and two together and I'm like oh my gosh like this is where she was talking about this and like <laughs> this is really like what was all the things that were happening in her life and I'm like oh my gosh like literally putting two and two together and honestly you're plenty and well with that I feel like that was a game changer for you that's like where just health and wellness is shifting to these days. And I feel like that's just so important. So that's really cool to hear like the background of where that's coming from and how you like bring the whole, you know, career and everything else in life other than like nutrition and fitness and how that really like plays a really big role in your health. So cool. Yeah. And I think this will be so helpful too, because sometimes I feel like that with my followers probably is like, if they haven't followed me forever, like, oh my gosh, they have no clue what I'm talking about, but I can't always like explain everything. So now I can just point them to you guys. Go listen yes. to us. <laughs> understand all the things. Yeah, this is your whole story. And then you can always go back and like message you more. Yeah. That's okay. So cool. Oh my and gosh. I have a couple questions that I think I was kind of thinking of as we were talking. Well, at least I was more listening. <laughs> um, but, um, so I want to backtrack kind of like to the middle of your story, but I think this will be beneficial for those listening. Um, we kind of have a wide range of followers from, I actually don't know how young, but I'm guessing like college, 19 maybe, to 40. Yeah. 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 It was like 19 to 40, something like that. I'm sure there's some outliers there, but so, I mean, and I have celiac disease, so I can kind of not quite understand, but understand to an extent what it feels like. Cause when I have gluten, I feel like I'm dying. So I totally get it. But, um, so I guess for those, like what advice would you give to like a college student living your, in your situation, maybe not as bad, but just try, like they're newly diagnosed with UC or celiac disease or Crohn's or, you know, a life changing situation like, how would you recommend they handle that? Because I know when I was diagnosed with celiac disease, I was like, whoa, like, this is not the lifestyle I am living at all. And it is real. And it took me a really long time to get to like the place where I was okay. Because it, it takes a while when you're that when you're young. And I don't know, it's way harder. So what advice would you give to someone in that situation? Oh, gosh, yeah, there's a few pieces. I mean, first, I think for me, at least I was lucky that I had started living the lifestyle that was super great for UC even before I was diagnosed. Um, So it wasn't too hard of a transition. But, you know, if you don't, I know that for so many people I know, it's 
such a shocker, even more of a shocker, because they not only got diagnosed and feel like they're losing a little piece of themselves or their freedom because it's like, oh, now I have to think about doctors and medication and this scary thing. But they also have to, like, change their total lifestyle. And, you know, for some, like, for me, that was my passion. So I was like, cool, it's like a new experiment. I got to try this new diet, like, whatever. But other people, that's super daunting. So I think the one thing is knowing you can do it slowly. You don't have to, like, tomorrow start the specific carbohydrate diet or something. Um, Do it slowly. But I think also finding someone to support you along that because I know it can be so much harder when you're like trying to do all your own research or experiment with foods and things like that when you're trying to make lifestyle changes. So, you know, getting a nutritionist that specializes in IBD or asking your doctor for resources, um, they don't always have like the best nutrition resources, but they might be able to point you to like someone who does. Um, And having someone kind of help you off ramp from one lifestyle to the next one is really helpful. But, um, and also I think too, college comes with that whole like a college diagnosis comes with that whole other aspect of like social life can feel really daunting then um just the anxieties of like what if I can't eat or what if I feel sick or you know anything like that and my biggest thing even though I know other people maybe aren't as open as I am I'm like kind of you know like just an open book but trying to have as much open communication with like friends or roommates and the people around you in school um because I know so many people are like, oh, I have to make all these excuses why I can't go. And I'm always like, why make it like, it's better just to like straight up, like sit down with your roommates and be like, you don't have to go into detail, but like, dude, I have this thing. And like, that's why I always have to lay down at the sorority meetings or, you know, leave early or bring my own food. And that was the hugest for me. I would just straight up tell all my friends and no one, you know, it was made life so much easier because no one would question when I brought a Tupperware to the restaurant or like, you know, was laying down in the middle of a chapter meeting or, you know, left class early, like even was open with professors. So I think open communication is helpful. So you don't feel like you're hiding something. So that makes it so much harder. Right. No, I think that's good. Those are really some really great tips. And I like how you pointed out just like being an open book and honest about how you're feeling. Cause I know that like I said, I can only relate to what I felt, but it is so hard when you feel like you almost have this invisible thing going on in a sense. Cause no one can, you know, when you're like have a cold, everyone knows you have a cold, but like when your stomach hurts, no one knows, no one can tell. And so it is really hard when you almost have this invisible thing where people can't understand how you're truly feeling. And especially if food doesn't make them feel the way it makes you feel, it's really hard for them to relate. And so I like how you said just being honest about, because that's the only way it's going to work out. You know, if you make those excuses, they're only going to last for so long. So I like that. Like even understanding too, I think too, it really showed like who my true friends were. Because there were definitely certain people I think still thought, oh, here she goes again, exaggerating. Or like, sure, people thought I wanted attention at like whatever, because I was always needing to leave. Like, I don't know why someone would do that for attention, but hey, maybe some people do. (laughs) And it just showed though, like, the friends who understood or like, even though they were like, I have no clue what you're going through. Like sometimes my stomach hurts, obviously still don't know what you're going through, but still like respected my decisions and like empathized with me rather than being skeptical. It like kind of helped weed out, you know, some friendships that didn't need to be there as well. Right. All about keeping those positive people. Yep. (laughs) All about that positivity. Well, I love this all. I want to ask our last two questions on that. We ask literally every guest and it's amazing. I love how different each answer is. So this kind of is kind of the same thing, but it's just 
basically in the whole realm of life, if you could encourage one woman listening to this about anything, what would you say to her? I would say, and this is going to sound cliche, but to not settle. Um, and that's in like friendships, that's in like how she feels about herself, but it's also in career, I think. And that was the biggest thing for me to, um, for so long, I had this idea that a job was just a three letter word and I just had to do it and I wasn't supposed to like it. And that was, you know, my life and it's okay to have a side passion, but that's all it could be. And the moment I decided not to settle for that and was like, no, I should live a life that's full of passion that I'm excited to wake up and do every day. Like it completely changed my wellness because I was just happier. So I wanted to take better care of myself. I was more positive about myself. Um, and then also not settling, you know, for friends that judge you, especially for health reasons or not settling for, you know, I used to feel like, oh, I'm like, I love myself, but it was like kind of this half-assed like self-love where like, I still really criticize myself a lot, but felt like I was doing everything right. Like I did all the self-care things. So that means I love myself. So, you know, forcing myself to not to settle for that and like dig deeper and keep working towards it. So I guess overall, yeah, not settling and just like continually reaching to be happier because you shouldn't have to settle for feeling like you're not living your best life. Oh. So good. So good. And lastly, what does wellness mean to you? I would say wellness is kind of like whole body happiness in a sense and living a life that's always rooted in self-love. That's something I always talk to all my clients about. And to me, a life rooted in self-love is one rooted in action that affirms that self-love. I think so many people think self-love is, you know, just saying the affirmations or thinking the good things, but it's also doing all the things that show your body you love it. So that's how it really incorporates all wellness. Because to me, I work out to show my body I love it. And I eat healthy to show my body I love it. I take breaks and go on walks now from work to show myself that I love myself and I'm proud of myself. So yeah, I would say wellness is just kind of overall living every action through self-love. That's so cool. We've not heard anything like that. And I love that you brought the action part awareness because we can talk about it all day long, but yeah, I love you got to do it. You just got to do it. Well, thank you, Natalie, for being on. Oh my gosh. It was such an interesting story. And you, <laughs> if you want to follow her stories more, she is the expert of posting Instagram stories. <laughs> I love, I love listening. What was that? I said true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> true. What um, is her Instagram? Yeah. What is your Instagram? It's plenty and well with Nat. And well with Nat. And yep. your website is the same? It's or is it plentyandwell.com? Perfect. And we'll put it all in the show notes too. So it'll be really easy for people to find you. So thank you. Thank you guys. Bye.